The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome back to Red Side Trent, here to discuss the 3-0 defeat to Liverpool at Anfield, as well as slept on it thoughts, player performances and more. I'm your host, Adam Wicklow, joined as ever by fellow Reds fans, Rhys Lane and Christian Brown. No, Lee Clark, uh, unfortunately, work, work and, and all that sort of jazz has gotten in the way. Uh, we'll probably not talk about the game in too much depth because I think there's been a lot of grief on uh, social media and, and I don't think... The performance was quite there, and I'm sure everyone's heads will probably fall off if if we go too much into it. But I'm going to start with you, Reese, as you were the man on the ground there uh, at Anfield. Um, the the team selection obviously wasn't the best to go to start with, with Chris Wood being out now for four weeks, as it's been reported with a hamstring injury. So Anthony Alanga have them play having to play up front on his own, and then as going to a back five. What what were your thoughts going in when you seen that lineup? Because it couldn't have been very high. <laughs> um, probably not. No, but it was kind of needs must one tip. We we were struggling with injuries a bit, and I listened to Steve on the radio after the game when I got home back from Liverpool, and he he said it up with we'd had a plan which obviously involved Chris Wood that got scuppered at last minute because he got injured, injured, which is really frustrating. Again, another injury picked up in training or whatever. And then we kind of, like I said, it's, it's needs must. We're playing, we end up playing a winger up from really in a central striking position, which who has also been apparently ill this week. So it, it wasn't ideal at all. And I think that kind of plan, what Steve had come up with, had kind of gone out the window because as you said, and we went to a five and, I've said on this podcast before, I don't think Sergio Aure is a wing-back. He was playing as a wing-back. And, yeah, it, it was kind of how long can we stay in the game for? And until, as we'll come on to, the first goal, I thought it was OK. I didn't think it was under any massive pressure. Of course, Liverpool had more of the ball, but it wasn't as if, like, 
they was completely peppering our goal. But as soon as that first goal went in, that was kind of that was kind of it. Wasn't it really? Unfortunately, the 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 problem is is now though is if if Chris Wood is now injured and Tyro has come back for the last I don't know twenty minutes and he's clearly not going to be fit enough to start. It's like what the heck do you do? Like. What would you? What would? What would? Do if you knew about Chris Wood like beforehand? What? What? What do you think you would have done differently? What can you do differently? We've got three central strikers, haven't we, at the club? And one was injured yesterday in the build-up. Another one we know is injured, and the other one's just coming back from injury. So, you know, there's a couple of people on social media. Media, why didn't you start Tyra? Well, if he starts Tyra and he breaks down after. 20 minutes, then he's going to get even more flack, isn't he? So, <laughs> what can you kind of do when you, you, there's just kind of no option, isn't it? And it's not like where you're back in the football league where you're kind of like, oh, just chuck a kid in there because you can't chuck a kid in there in this league against arguably one of the, well, definitely one of the best centre-halves in the world at the back for Liverpool. So, yeah, it, it was needs muscle and it was disjointed, but <sighs> It was kind of what more could Cooper do, really, in that attacking sense. The options were, as we've just discussed, more than vastly limited, to be honest. Yeah, we'll definitely get into it. And Christian, after the first half an hour, which Reese alluded to, we, we we looked all right. But I think the 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 chance that obviously Murillo, where he gives the ball away after he's dribbled into a bit, a bit of an alleyway, really a dark alleyway, in, in when he gets the ball nicked and. I think when we saw him do that against Brentford and Crystal Palace, you kind of go, well, right, we've got a right centre-half here, but he is going to be suspect to this kind of mistake at some point, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I sort of applaud the bravery to, you know, and the confidence to be able to do that or have the ability to do that. I think, actually, you know what? I'm going to have a go at you. But it's just a time and a place of it, isn't it, really? I mean, I, I, I'm laughing. I shouldn't really be. I mean, we've got a centre-back who just thinks it's all right to come to Anfield and just waltz around five players. I mean, on the one hand, it's a kind of lack of respect that we've sort of been craving for to have someone in the team do it. On the other hand, it's sort of like you kind of need a bit of a tinge of realism when you're <laughs> choosing when to do that. But, um, yeah, it's... It, I think the issue is for me and... You know, obviously, I'm, I'm going to. I know I'm really accepted. I'll get pelters for this because of what I said about Turner previously. Is that there's always a chance to fix a mistake, or more often than not, there is anyway. And you know, Murillo loses the ball in their half. But Liverpool still have to move the ball 60, 70 yards before they get near our goal. And fair enough, McAllister does it very well. He should be very quickly gives it to, to Nunes, who's obviously turns it into a three on one. But you know, I just think back to when we had Navas last season, I think after the might have been after the Brighton game or the Leeds game, definitely. And we all of us really like have hammered Navas for saying, like, why why are you parrying the ball back into play? Turner's just parried it straight into Hotter's path. I mean, like, and you know, it's, this isn't just me being like, oh, Christian's on a Turner agenda now, he's a new Williams, blah, blah, blah. Like Shay Given said it on match today as well. So, you know, someone who's played in the Premier League for ten plus years so you know it's, it's it, I think it's frustrating because that yes it's a mistake from Murillo ultimately it's led to that and that is the root cause but we still have a chance to fix the issue and we don't like ultimately when Nunes shoots from there like the defence what's left of the defence have actually got him into a pretty you know realistically he's not scoring from that angle you know if, if fair enough you're going to shoot from there fine we'll see the corner Murillo comes back we have a word of him say like time and place don't do it but as soon as Turner just palms it straight into Hotter's path, it's like, okay, well, let's game over then. 
So, mm. like, it, it's just very frustrating. I mean, like, so, yeah, I mean, yes, you can be annoyed at Murillo. And yes, fair enough, he shouldn't have lost the ball there. Again, you know, you pick, you pick your moments. Is Anfield in front of 52,000 people, in front of possibly one of the best teams in the world, a chance, the best time to be waltzing around five people doing your best Maradona impression? Maybe not. But equally, you know, it's had, I think, had Turner parried it out for a corner. It's something we'd be laughing about now and say, oh, yeah, by the way, what about that for Marino? Eh? What, what a player we got there. So it's, yeah. It's... I think it's, it's it's funny because obviously you kind of want Murillo to keep doing that kind of thing because on another day he actually passes, releases the ball and he's taking four that's players it, yeah. out. He, he makes the right decision. Passage. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, and so, that's obviously going to come with experience. He's only just started. He's only like, I think that was only his like th- just over his thirtieth game in professional football. So yeah, I kind crazy, of yeah. I, I kind yeah. of like see it to it. I was actually going to come here with with defending Turner before I actually rewatched the goal because I thought. Oh, he's actually at full stretch. So fair enough, he's palmed it as far as he can, and Yotta's there. And you kind of want your striker to be following in as as you get taught as a kid. I know Reese, you played as a striker. You always get hit hard and low and across the goalkeeper because if they if they palm it out, you, you your strike partner or winger will come and follow that in. But actually rewatching it, it's kind of in the middle of him, and he should probably palm it away further. So I kind of can't really defend him in that instance. That's what I was actually going to come with, but. They come like London buses, don't they, Reese? Because once one goes, then the other come. The, the other comes, and to be fair to Liverpool, it's a really good move. But on another hand, I think you can put probably maybe a bit of blame on Ibrahim Sangare and not tracking Sabotsly there, really. In, in in all honesty, but could anything else be done to prevent that goal, or was it credit to Liverpool? I, I mean, from Liverpool's perspective, if we were Liverpool fans, and I'm glad I'm not, but you'd be looking at like even the first goal, how they sprung on us for that goal. That was very similar to how, how we got our goal at Chelsea away where Yates and Mangala had pushed on that mistake and they literally sprung so many players forward and then they left left us in a bit of an overload situation. But the second, again, yeah, it, it is good play. I mean, Sabozla, I thought was the best player on the pitch yesterday. I thought he was excellent. Mm, um, agreed. We we spoke earlier in his group chat that Garth Crooks had put Mo Salah in his team of the week, which was a shock to me. And Sabozla wanting it, but that's up to him. Um, yes, yeah, Sangara should track the man. There's, there's no, there's no denying that. Um, I think if it was certain other players, we'd, we'd, we'd have a bit more to say, wouldn't we? So you've got to be consistent, and he, he should do a lot better there. And then, and then, and then it's pulled back, and it's, it's a pretty much a tapping into it for Nunes, really, and. Like I said in my first comment, once that first goal came, it, it was something we kind of did last season where once that first goal had come, then we can see the second pretty quickly. And then once it got to 2-0, it, it was like if we could maybe nick a goal, we might get back in the game like we did at Arsenal. But Liverpool kind of really had us at arm's length, didn't they? We, we tried to get a langer through several times and... It just shows you the levels, really. That Virgil van Dijk didn't break break a sweat and kept up with the lads, to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the only positive I can really take out of it, and it's something what Steve again said on the radio after the game, is we didn't do what we did last season and completely capitulate and end up getting absolutely hammered. I mean, if it wasn't for a, a terrible mistake second half, it would have been, it would have finished two 0 and we would have walked away and said, well, fair enough, it's not good, but. It's not a game where we've lost five or six light games last season. Mm. For me, Christian, 
the game was pretty stale, and but I actually do think there is a a point where you can kind of give Forrest maybe a glimmer of hope at sixty five minutes where. Morgan gives White goes down the right hand side and pulls the ball back brilliantly towards the penalty spot for Nico Dominguez. But I don't think the, they'd they'd watered the pitch too nicely there. He just like tripped over his own feet. I mean, I think if he if he gets contact there and he and he should score, that's game on, isn't it? But like, I think after that, I don't Liverpool didn't really didn't look like interested to be honest. I mean, it's weird because we didn't show any real ambition to win the game. I think that's a fair assessment because we're very much, let's contain Liverpool and then see what we can do. And But to be fair, it mostly worked. Like most of their efforts, even the first half, apart apart from the mistakes, like Murillo getting caught out on the ball and then obviously Sangare not tracking his man. Most of their efforts were from range. Like, And fair enough, it's possible I forced her into a very good save at his near post. But they weren't really like... There wasn't a time where I felt, oh, yeah, we're really under the cost here and like, you know, our keepers making save after save after save to keep us in the game. It was just sort of like, you know, they were, Salah has very, very quiet, I thought. You know, he didn't enjoy Morello at all. And, you no, know, generally speaking, from that side of things, it's okay. But then obviously, the counts that is basically whenever Liverpool made mistakes, we weren't ruthless enough. Because and we could there was twice two occasions in the second half especially the one you just mentioned the one about two minutes beforehand and both of them I felt I felt so bad for Gibbs White and you know because he just ran and ran and ran he had nothing to work with and the only two times he did have something to work with he was let down the first time he puts the ball across the box he, he looks up and like Reese alluded to earlier Van Dijk he realizes that Alanga is not going to win a heading match with Van Dijk or Canate so he said he pulls the ball back across. And there's four Liverpool defenders who all run towards the goal and they all miss it completely. And it's something that Man City do all the time. It's something that um, Man City assistant coach has actually said on several occasions is that the last person into the box for a cross is more often than not the one who gets on the end of it, especially if it's cut back. And there's no one there. Dominguez, Mangala and Sangare. Fair enough, Sangare is meant to be holding, but they're 10, 15, 20 yards behind play. And it's just like, you know, what are you doing? Like if, if, that's that's a difference. A better team or a, a more ruthless team, I should add, will have someone in that position, and they'll, they'll force Allison into a save. Because Liverpool teams are like Liverpool and City; they don't give up many mistakes. But when when they do, because no one's infallible, you have to be on hand to punish them ruthlessly. And we won. And that was the first instance. The second one, obviously, finally Dominguez realizes that actually I better run into the box, and. Uh, what kicks the kicks the ground instead of the ball? I mean, you could you couldn't make it up, could you? I mean, I, I do rate Dominguez, and I think he's had a very good start to his first career. But that was, probably wasn't a game he wants to remember fondly. I think his first three touches of the ball, he gave it a ball away straight away, and that just sort of summed up his day. Really, you know, like he had to score there, or at the very very least, work Allison into a save, get a corner or something, because like he's got the goal at his mercy, he's on the penalty spot, and he's just literally kick the paint on the penalty spot and gone over it's like you couldn't make it up at that yeah. point it was like it was like right it's not a day like mm. done yeah but it's it's such a shame because obviously i think reese we hit the crossbar through alanga and i'm not sure if he had another the other chance afterwards after yeah, the third or last, before literally last kick of the game he had a shot and allison saved that was a shot on target actually i believe <laughs> yeah but i mean we've got to talk about the huge blunder for the third goal and whether now it's Odysseus Vlacodimos's like shining light to get a chance in this team, but 
what on earth is Matt Turner doing? Because for me, as a goalkeeper, you can see absolutely everything. He can see Harry Toffolo's under the ball. He can see he's either, he can either head it back to him or head it away. And then and neither happens. <laughs> yeah, I do I do kind of laugh because it's been turned into by the football pages of this incredible pass from Sabozlai when he's just really hoofed it into an area and he's seen Mo Salah up there. But that's that's Harry Toffolo to deal with. I watched it back. I mean, at the ground, when I see him turning running out, I, I knew in my head it something was going to go wrong because they both looked at one and each other. Then both kind of went to go for it and then the ball bounced and kind of in between him and Salah, it's just, just an easy finish. One to, but it looked on the replay that Toffolo was just going to head that back to me. If Turner was in the, the position he should have been, I'm, I've no idea what he's doing coming out for that person. He should really be trusting his... I know Toffolo is against Mo Salah. You know, he's one of the best wingers in the world, but he should really be trusting his defender to deal with that. Um, you know, and that that was... That put kind of the shine on the result for them, really, because, yeah, like like you said, Adam, it wasn't as if Liverpool want to try, because of course we're trying, but these teams, when they've got your arms length, they'll keep you there and think, well, we'll just preserve his energy for another day. We won't we know we won't overextend because we we've got these guys at arm's length and we don't have to, to go overboard to beat them. Um so yeah, we, you know, we've spoken about there's been rumblings on social media the last few games, aren't they, about Turner being replaced. For me, the wor- the worry for me with Turner is his distribution. That where he has to put it onto his other foot kind of takes too long. And he nearly actually got caught out again with that yesterday. There was at one point I'm not sure who it was who blocked. So if it, it is going to be Vladimir is it how you pronounce it? If that's Black, going to be Vladimir, Vladimir, if it's going to be his time, then you'd expect it to be against Aston Villa, wouldn't wouldn't you really? Because if it ain't going to be on the back of a mistake like that, then when is it kind of going to be? And there's also been reports that he isn't happy, he hasn't had a chance. So <laughs> I'm sure he won't be best pleased if he don't get a chance on Sunday against Villa. Yeah, definitely. I think we'd all like to see him as well because let's be honest. I don't think many Forest fans are watching Benfica in Portugal much, are they? So I think with the reputation he's kind of got and what we've heard about him, I think we'd all like to see him, see what he's like. Yeah, the mad Greek, as um, some reports <laughs> have said, haven't they? But um, I did want to talk to you a few a few things about, like in terms of personnel, obviously, because Wood, Wood is not here. We'll do this before slept on it, thoughts. But um Christian and Reese, feel feel free to to chime in here. With with Ibrahim Sangare, he's been receiving a few murmurings of criticism that he's come in and kind of not lived up to the height. I thought yesterday was probably his most poor game. But do you think he's kind of playing a little bit out of position, or do you think it was just because of how he was set up yesterday? It didn't really allow him to get forward as a, as a as an eight almost, like he has been with with Dominguez, and he kind of just looked like a rabbit in headlights sometimes. Um, I mean, I think Reese sort of touched upon it earlier, really. I mean, it's a very good point. I mean, we signed them as this like defensive midfielder, number six, whatever else. Obviously, he's yanked a shirt off Shelby, right? But like, <laughs> what so why are we now playing him as a box to box midfielder? It seems a bit strange to me, but I mean, I it's I think Lee touched Lee got it spot on on the podcast a few weeks ago when he said that there is a big reason that um Sangare is getting some of the flack that he's getting, and that's because certain people think he's keeping a certain midfielder out of the team. Um, the reality of the situation is that 
that certain player isn't 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 and never really has been a defensive midfielder. So uh, really, you'd be looking at Domingos for taking Yates' place. So I don't really. I think you know it's much like Lodi, much like Mangala, Lodi especially. Lodi's probably the best example actually. He's class, like his class will come. He will shine. There's a reason why he's played in the stages he has. There's a reason why he's had the career he has. There's a reason why he's commanded the transfer fee he has. It will show. Like the the Premier League is a very tough school. It's not something that or something very few players get to grips with straight away. I know obviously Shabazz Bly has for Liverpool, and that's great, but. Also, if you're spending £60 million on a player, you kind of expect them to do that. The, the flip side of that is how many transfers can you think of for big money that haven't worked out? It's really a whole year to be good at City, really. Anthony's been signed for €100 million Euros and he's been absolutely terrible. Sancho as well at United for much, much more than, you know. So there's no sweet science to it, really. But I do think, Mang- uh, sorry, Zangari will come good. I do think some of the criticism is a little bit over the top. There was no dissenting voices for how well he played against Brentford or Palace. You know, there's a few little murmurings on his debut against Burnley, but you know that's okay. And then he's looked pretty solid mostly ever since then. But you know, he makes a mistake, and of course, all hell breaks loose. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally would rather see him in that sixth role and let Mangala get a bit more further forwards. But I'm not the manager, so. <laughs> Are you saying anything to add? Yeah, I agree with the last bit, what Christian said. I, I kind of think it maybe should be the other way around because at the minute it's kind of... And there has been instances where he has played as defensive mid. Apparently, he's had four games as centre mid and two as a defensive mid. But you watch kind of Mangala is kind of that guy who's dropping into the, towards the centre-backs to pick the ball up on the half-term. Whereas, like I said, we, we was desperate for apparently for this number six. We've brought a number six and now we're kind of playing him and hoping he can get as forward as a box-to-box midfielder, where really, when he's getting to the grips with the Premier League and the pace of it, it's going to be quite tough for him. And I think you can see evidently see that. Um, because, you know, I said this last week about Alfie Dart, he got by him a couple of times where he was struggling to get back. So, you know, I've, I've said this before, it is going to, it is going to be time. I don't think he, I think he's done okay so far. Do I think have I expected a little bit more? Of course, because of the value we brought him in for. And plus, for me, this is something personally, I didn't think it would help because of who we've sold to bring this guy in as well, because we've sold an attacking winger who's one of our own, had a very good season last well, a good season last season, helped us stay in the league, helped us get promoted. So there will be some fans, despite Sangai being the defensive there, there'll be some fans who'll be kind of saying or what we want to see more than what he's doing, because we brought him in, tackling and intercepting them type of roles, and yesterday he got the most out of that mid- midfield, for example. So, yeah, it, it it's, it's just every pod in the minute we're talking about Sangare, and, um, yeah, so, it, like I said, and I'm just keep repeating myself that it's going to take time. The, the interesting thing is... He's now on four cards, which I noticed yesterday. So one morning will be suspended for a game. So if he, with his record at the minute, which is four in six games, he could drop out, and then it might someone else might come in. Ryan Yates might come in, um, Santos might come in, and then they might play well, and he he might find himself on the bench, and he'll have to work hard to get back in the team. Which if that happens, that might be good for him as well. So we'll see what happens. Christian hit it bang on the head with Lodi. You know, Lodi was getting absolutely hammered wasn't he at first when he first signed a VAR poor he was and then in the end 
people wanted him to stay and was begging him to stay. So, yeah, plenty of time, yeah. Yeah, for, for me, I think with, with, with Mangala, because he's so intelligent in terms of picking the ball up and kind of having like moving pieces almost around him, it, it allows him to do that. I think Sangari, I think what, what we've seen kind of thing and as trying to pr- progress up the pitch a little bit more, him and Dominguez can go and be that, that ball winning, mid- those two ball winning midfielders higher up the pitch and kind of get us up there. And, and Sangari, when you've seen what he can actually do in around the penalty area, you're kind of like, well, he's, he's quite tall and he's quite he's de- technical, isn't he? He's definitely shown glimpses. I mean, there was a couple of passes. I think it was the Brentford game, wasn't it, where he pinged one across the pitch and there was one where he chipped over the top for Aurier. I just don't think it helped in that he missed an absolute sitter last week, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think that's probably setting back to kind of square one again with some fans, which is fair enough in a way because he should have buried it, let's be honest. Um, yeah, def- definitely. He's yeah. made a, he's made an error yesterday, really not tracking Sabo's line. It's led to a goal, which, you know, that kind of put it beyond us into the game, unfortunately. There's a, there's an onus, anyway, on Forest fans that they love digging out a player that's cost us a lot of money. I mean, Jao Carvalho got chased out of the club <laughs> by some, so let's face But anyway, we're going to get onto some slept on it for, so I will play the jingle now. Red side of the Trent. <laughs> slept on it thoughts. Okay, Jerry Pritchard, lots of mistakes leading to chances and goals. Yates has to start. Sangare isn't showing enough yet. Thought Andre Santos looked quite lively. Why so many injuries? Hope Tyro can start against Villa. James Rutter, went today, think Cooper needs to be braver with team selection. Trust the back four, which gives the opportunity for an extra attacking player. Serge needs a rest. Sangare needs to step up. Expect that will be the last we see of Turner for a while. Uh, Chris Walsh, not impressed with Sangari at all. Looks look, looks sluggish, uninterested, uninterested and lazy. Didn't put them under any pressure. They would have had harder training matches. That's now four individual areas that have cost us in two games. Only plus is that it's not our full strength team. Matt Gutteridge, not much has changed from last season when playing the big sides. The only difference between this season to last is Cooper's time. Uh, to last is I don't know what that that doesn't really make that much sense. Okay, anyway, Will H uh, said it last game and we'll say it again. We have gone as far as we can under Cooper. I feel hope to be proved wrong. Andy Cameron, another bad day at the office to be accurate. Lee Chilvers, not sure what some fans are expecting. Not many teams will get anything at Anfield. Extremely restricted on what team avail to start and that impacts formation. Don't agree with Steve Cooper out comments. Our start has flattered, raised expectations of a top 10 finish. Let's stick behind the team. Premier Elliot, bad day at the office, sadly. Would like to see Sangari get dropped for Yates in the next game as Lodi last season needs to learn to play better and with passion or get replaced. Respect to Christian for his lovely pink forest top in the Anfield wrap-up episode on Thursday. Uh, Joe Weisel, obviously a new starting eleven. Uh, and last but not least, least, we'll go with Phil. Better team than last season, much worse performance. In reality, we may not get any points from the next three. If we don't, that's no wins, no wins in nine. Uh, do we really think the owner will accept, accept that with all the backing he's provided? And I think a lot of people kind of touch on a lot of good points. Um, there, the, the the whole thing with Cooper is a, there's a lot of pressure. Obviously, um, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. We're going to do some player performances, which is going to be a bit difficult because I don't really think anyone was was that that good, really, to be honest. Um, We've touched on a few players, so I'm not going. I'm going to kind of change it. Christian, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to actually 
give you Ryan Yates because I actually thought he looked like he'd come on to try and prove a point, to be honest. He did. He looked like someone who was hungry to get his shirt back. And to be fair, Yates, he played well when he came on. Uh, he got stuck in straight away. You know, he looked like he was finding his feet, finding finding his passes, sorry. You know, making a nuisance of himself. All the things that we associate with Ryan Yates, that was pretty much it in a nutshell, really. He played well. Um, it was much better than his little cameo at Luton, put it that way. Um, although, obviously, that wasn't entirely his fault, as we know, because, you know, we could see when, you, when the manager brings on two midfields and they both both drop to the, the D of, of their own penalty area, you know it's not just a one-person thing. So, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, he'll be, again, not much more he could do, really. Um, played well, got stuck in, you know, challenging for the balls, you know, the, the loose balls especially, like, is, is a classic, like, no such thing as a lost cause, it felt like. As very Again, very we've said these things time and time again. He's very industrious, very wholehearted, very committed, but um, with a bit more touch of quality with his um, feet this time, which is nice to see. So, yeah, def- definitely gives Cooper something to think about. Um, obviously, I'm trying to think of, obviously, Villa have got, what, Douglas Louise and John McGuinness in the midfield. Tillman's sort of floats in and out. So, it'll be interesting to see whether Yates is sort of thrown in the sort of combat, any of that. And uh, obviously, if he is, who will drop out? So, yeah, I mean, he hasn't done himself any harm without performance, put it that way. And as you rightly said, one of the brighter sparks of an otherwise dismal afternoon for Forrest. So, yeah, good good, good for him. Yeah. Rhys, this is it's quite tricky because we talked about Morello and Sangara and I'd actually given them to other people actually on the pod. Obviously, Lee, Lee couldn't make it in the end. But I'm going to give you Morgan Gibbs-White because I thought for someone who <laughs> he had to pretty much do it on his own, didn't he, yesterday? Yeah, I mean, we're playing. This is again repeating from the last episode. He was out wide again, and I've said on the last episode, I feel he's, he's isolated out wide. His best attributes is through the middle and linking the midfield to the attack. The problem kind of was yesterday, we didn't really have an out and out attacker, did we? And a Langer bless him, and it, and it did show um, because he was offside probably three times in the first half an hour. So. Yeah, I think we've got to find a way to get him back centrally, and hope I'm hoping that will start on Sunday. I'm hoping Tywo, with another week's training and a bit of um, time under his belt, yesterday, I'm hoping he will be fit to start, and we can we can get him behind Tywo. Really, um, yeah, that that not really much more. <laughs> no, there, there, there really isn't. He put he put like Christian. I mean, Christian mentioned it earlier because I don't want to keep repeating myself as well from what Christian said or other po- previous pods, but he put the ball across into for Dominguez. I was at the other end, so I've not seen that on the highlights. So I was bowing to Christian's knowledge on that. And I mean, what more can he kind of do really? There was only, there was probably one instance where I think he, there was quite a simple ball on it and he tried like that outside of the foot, which when it comes off is superb as we've seen in the Leicester game last season. And then Liverpool just cut it out. I mean, he he was trying, and I mean, but what more can you do when there's not really much up there? You and you're against, like Christian said, one of the best sides in the world who are really on form at the minute in Liverpool. It's kind of like <laughs> it's very tough. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win. Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, 
When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, the, the, this is the problem when you've just got so many injuries up top and you're kind of relying on him to be the bright spot well, with, I, I, with, a wing, with a winger I, playing out of I, position. To be honest, I think that was his plan once it once the original plan had gone, the plan A had gone. I think plan B was basically stay in the game as long as we can, then try and get 20, 25 minutes out of tie where we're at 0-0 at the end and maybe we could nick something there. But that plan went out the window in the first half, unfortunately. Yeah, this is the thing now, because I've got a question for you, for each of you as well about about kind of Villa and kind of where we're going to go in these next few games. But so like my first one is how how do we turn this around with so many injuries up top? I mean, Reese, you put in our chat about we need to kind of question what's happening in the medical department because we're getting so many injuries in training, more so in training than in matches, it seems. There was questions raised last season, weren't they? But um, we've had like with, a revamp this year. Yeah, this that's, year, that's what I was actually going to get onto. We've we've added all these the st- these staff members, and it it still kind of keeps happening. You know, we've we've brought in. I know Tavares was on the bench yesterday, but we've brought in two wing backs who we've not seen much from. I mean, Felipe, he's been out all season. Um, obviously, Tyro's been injured. Now Chris Woods injured. Origi's injured. Been injured. And, it, Hudson and probably, yeah, Hudson Adore is another one. Um, and it's never kind of like a knock, is it, where they'll miss a game? It's always like, seems to be always a month. You know, um, Steve said that would will be a minimum of a month. So it's not ideal, is it, at all? And we've again spoken about on this pod before how the, the media bang on when it's a big six team, how they're missing players and why, and why they're having poor performances. But us others don't get much talked about. So when it has effect on the best, I mean, it's going to have a massive effect on, you know, a pretty middle of the road Premier League team, which is how we are really at the minute. So yeah, it's it's not good, is it? Let's be honest. I mean, you can see why people are asking questions about it. Yeah, Christian, what would you do differently with with this? information that we've got pretty much because I I know you want to you want Tyro to start on Saturday we all do I just can't see it happening but I, I think Cooper alluded to that he actually probably gave him more minutes than he actually wanted to because he's only just come back it's you don't you don't want him to break down again as as we said earlier because otherwise you, you're in the same spot again do you remember when um, in 2010, I think 2010 World Cup, I think Kevin Prince Boateng had a hamstring injury. I think he got in the FA Cup final and then saw this witch doctor and it mysteriously healed. Like maybe, <laughs> we, maybe, maybe we should find that witch doctor and get, get to work with Wood and Origi. But, um, but I, 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 I remember the old, the old days of the oxygen tents with like when Rooney <laughs> had done his metatarsal and all that. Crap! They used to the, the media used to churn out and touch Rooney's oh, ankle or my clone's ankle on the front page of the Sun and get one of those faith healers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah. I, I've got no idea. It's such a difficult question because, like, like Reece said earlier, we, it's not like we're in a league below where you can just go, "All right, yeah, throw in like a Sefer song or someone like that." Or if we had Dale Taylor at the club, go, "All right, son, off you go." 
we can't do that. Like it's, it's just it's detrimental to their development if nothing else because he's just saying good luck. Like by the way, here's a pool full of piranhas in you go. Like so it's it's so difficult. I mean, I I don't. One of the things with Alanga, I mean, I know he's obviously he's not a number nine, is he? Let's put it that way. I think that's the simplest thing we can put. Like he's the timing of his run was so bad. Like I mean, and that's 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 not. I know, I know that sounds like a criticism. It's it's just not his role. Like it just it just seemed like all the things that served him so well out wide, he couldn't really apply in that sort of like middle position. He got eaten up by Van Dyke every single time, and. um the only time he actually looked like coming to life in the game was when Taiwo came on because he could move back out wide and he felt more at home and obviously he got those two chances from those two crosses. Like, I actually, like, it's what I've noticed is how integral someone like, like Taiwo is to our team since we've been injured. And obviously, uh, yes, there's a perfect example. Even if Wood was on the pitch, I know Wood isn't the quickest and, you know, all the most mobile necessarily, but in terms of the overall structure of how the team set up, it makes a huge, huge difference having an actual number nine on the pitch. And yeah, we really, really missed it. So I think it wasn't they say Riga was out for four weeks as well. So that might be three, yeah, two weeks now. Yeah. So um I, I don't know. I think you realistically you have to do it again. You have to like you can't start Tywo like like Ray said, because if he if he breaks down after twenty minutes, like we we saw it last season. Remember when he, he first got his groin strain at Southampton and they were like, No, no, stay on, don't worry. Ten minutes later he's had to come off and he's out for three months. So like we can't risk that happening again because oh, especially with the injury situation we have, we have to wrap him in cotton wool, we have to manage him as carefully as we can and you know, ease him in gradually. If he can give us an hour, great. If he can't, you know, he's gonna have to come off the bench again, isn't he? So but it's a very unenviable task for Gibbs White and Langer because neither of them are strikers. And obviously, we toyed with Gibbs White as a false nine last season. But I don't know. I just don't see it. It's a tough, tough decision. Yeah, I think that realistically, he's going to have to go. Unless there's some miraculous recovery from someone somewhere, it'll have to be like, again, 5-3-2 again. And then that's that'll get people's back up because obviously, Forrest playing five at home is never going to be ideal. Um, because it's not a free, it's more of a, it's a literally fat five. So, yeah, I I, I don't know what would you do unless you like uh, you take one out of the Billy Davis book and find a Greg Alford and put him up front. Like, let's <laughs> put Sangare up. Sangare up top. Why not? Yeah, target man. I think I think you've got. To, I know I mentioned about him breaking down, but we have. We have played on Sunday, but we're not playing Saturday, I guess. So you have got that little extra day, I guess, with no midweek game as well nowadays. So you, you're probably going to have to start him because we need a focal point up there. You know, Christian's just mentioned last season when we tried that false nine and that just didn't work, did it? I mean, when we tried Johnson, Lingard and Gibbs Y, it just didn't work. And we, we're so much better with Tyler in the side. We, we really are. And you could see that evidently yesterday. Alanga was far better when he moved to the wing in his natural position because there was one time I think he took Trent Alexander-Arnold on and got to the byline. He obviously hit the bar. He had the shot at the end. So, yeah, ideally, hopefully we can get at least an hour out of him because we need, we need him up there. This is going to sound stupid, right? I, I potentially, part of me wouldn't mind chucking a sapper a song because at least it's one lad surrounded by a lot of senior players that that, that just because of his physicality that sounds stupid the other stupid idea is we play four four three one two and we shove yates in in the middle of 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 langer and and 
and Gibbs White and kind of play off him because you know he's going to cause havoc. Like, I know it's stupid, right? But at least, right, Yates is up there. He can kind of press Douglas Louise and you can kind of almost suffocate and play like a di- like almost a diamond. And, and Yates is at the tip of the diamond. The only thing I would say that. Or, or, or you swap Dominguez and Yates. I know this is it's stupid, right? You but play. what else can you do? Because I, I wonder he's not going to start. I'm, I'm guaranteed. I, I think it. he's got a chance starting. And he's been playing too much football manager when he's wacky ideas. The only thing is, I don't have as many injuries as we do as I. That's the thing. So go on, Christian. No, it's just all the chances that Yates missed. Like, I mean, obviously, all the stats like nerds have said, like how he's due a goal, how he's like, I think, like plus three in terms of goals he should have scored compared to what? Imagine rolling the ball to him for a one on one. It's like, try, come on, get break your duck. But oh, well, I think we can, can, put war on. Like, we can definitely rule out the Asapro someone because he wasn't even on the bench was he yesterday. So no, no. Um, it's, it's all. Or do you play on? Do you play Andre Santos as like a? As a player again, because uh, he can play, because he can, because he can play central attacking midfield, and you go with a kind of a diamond midfield. Well, I'm trying to throw ideas out there because I'm, I don't want to play five at the back it, well, unless, unless you play with high, high, like you play in a high line, basically. Really, you need, you need, you need Ain and Tuffalo or Tavares to play high, and we don't play high. That's the that was the problem yesterday. We were so deep. Like really, I think the best case scenario we can do will be false nine. I know Reese just said that that didn't work last season. Obviously, there are fleeting moments in that Spurs home game where it looked good, which is that there was no killer conviction at the end. There was no one to gamble when the balls that came in the box. That realistically, it'll probably be if Tyro isn't fit to start, it'll be you know Alang on the left, Gibbs White on the right, and maybe Santos through the middle. Because mm. the, you can't risk playing a kid, you can't risk playing someone out of position. Santos like, is a kid, though, isn't he? Yeah, I know, but he's also what we've got on a loan and paying yeah. to have at the club. Like, yeah. so, and, yeah. and he's, you know, a Chelsea, a Chelsea player as well. So, mm. who's spent, spent a decent amount Brazil of Brazil on the 20 captain. Yeah, though. I mean, if, and he can score goals. Get him in. I mean, I mean <laughs> Cooper said into yesterday that we'd given Taro longer than he wanted to. So, I mean, he only played 20 minutes. I guess you could add what was the. Five added on, I think. So twenty-five minutes. 25, yeah. So could he start like you said earlier, Christian? Give us an hour. I don't know. We're going to see this week, aren't we? In training. I mean, that is the ideal scenario because, like I said, we need a focal point. Without it, yeah, you probably you're probably looking at five at the back. Where really, we if you want to get forward, you've got to be playing proper wing backs. Then you're freeing the midfield, where you'd be looking at the problem is with. The three midfielders, we've, we've agreed they're pretty solid. But as we said earlier, one of them isn't kind of gambling to get forward, where one of them's kind of got to gamble to get forward. That isn't Sangare, in my opinion. No. You're probably looking at Dominguez, aren't you, really? Dominguez was doing that. and then But yesterday, he just like didn't until very, very late on. And then yeah, he fell over I, himself. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you've got to kind of take the opposition into account. And you, because it is Liverpool, you know, it... it You'd, you'd hope maybe at home, I know Villa are flying at the minute, but at home would be a bit more braver. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, we were brave, weren't we? With Murillo was brave and look what happened. We got completely sprung apart and ended up three on one pretty much. So yeah. I think another solution. choosing the moments yeah. to be brave because that was and, ultimate football basketball. That was, wasn't it, for Murillo? Basically, yeah. <laughs> I just realized another possible solution. Um, obviously, we've seen the pictures being back in training now. Although, whether it's with the start, who knows? Uh, maybe Danilo comes back in. 
Yeah. Maybe gives White plays down the middle as a false line. You have Danilo on the right and the Lang on the left. I don't know. Yeah, that could that could be an option. But again, it's, it's just it's, he, he's coming back from a hamstring and injury. Yeah, isn't we, we, and it's like we can't yeah. contradict ourselves in a way there because Danilo's not played at all and Tyro's given us twenty minutes and we we're saying Tyro isn't going to start, but we can, we can kind of yeah. chuck Danilo and we'll see this week, won't we? Only the only people who know will be Steve and his staff, who's and the, and the players of where they are. Bring on yeah. the international break. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's funny, right? Because obviously on social media, everyone's saying, oh, let's get Cooper out. But another manager's going to have exactly the same problem. And I, don't think, gonna, yeah. I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to do too much different. I think it's, we still have to stick by him and, and give him the time. It's not um, everyone, mate. It's a small minority and you always... They make a lot of noise, that. don't they? Yeah, because, because I love what most Forest fans have for Cooper, you know, like I said earlier, he is our generation's miracle man. And there might be a few older fans who might scoff at that. But when you when you're drawing with the likes of Weymouth and Salisbury in League One and this guy's come in and got you promoted after spending years rotting in the championship in the third tier, that is how you kind of see him because these days, let's be honest, I mean I kind of you kind of thinking watching the Premier League from afar is my club ever going to be there? And he is the one who, after all the managers have had, has delivered it. So, yeah, when when people are saying, oh, let's get him out because we're in a little bit of a mini rut at the minute, which we are, let's be honest. Yeah, it's going to offend, it is going to offend some people. It's, but everyone's paying fans have got the right to the opinion and he's still got plenty of time in the bank for me. And I'm hoping he can get us out of it. I think as Go well, on. like one of the, um, one of the, the thing is, the vote, the most, the, eh, the people talking most about Cooper's future is the fans. There's no noise in the media. There's no noise for no, anything else. Which is it's good, just fans speculating. Mm, and like the media that, last that season it, were on it, weren't they? Yeah, that in itself is wrong because we're assuming like naturally it's a game from the sack, which isn't the case at all. Like, you know, I'd be very surprised if it was the case, but that way, like he, he, again, much like you just said, Adam, whoever comes in, like I said, be it Potter, be it Petigay, be it Jose Mourinho, be it Guardiola, they still have no striker to work with. Yeah. So. You know, it doesn't make it, it makes no sense to sack it now anyway. But Pep, like Pep would have us in some right mad formation. <laughs> he probably would have gates up front. Yeah. Don't need, he, didn't, he didn't need a striker to win the Premier League. But um the the, the other thing is as as well as is, is um when you look at the league table, we're one win away from being eleventh or twelfth. Yeah. So are, are so you, it's are, it's, yeah. it's it's kind of it's really chalk and cheese. Like the league is actually a lot tighter than you think it is, and we've got a little bit of a cushion. But with the fixtures we've got, is kind of. I mean, I know Lee's Lee's head fell off completely after last week, <laughs> and he's like, "Where are we going to get our next win?" And and to be fair, he's right on one hand, but on another hand, it's a strange, it's a strange old game. And and we and at home, I back us to beat anyone. Hmm. It, it is still early days, and we're a quarter of the way through the season, and. Um... Oh, I forgot what I was what I was going to say. Nah, so you just kind of took my call. Said, but yeah, it's it is early days, isn't it? Still, yeah, yeah. Of course, like Adam, like it's uh, are you glass half full, half empty? Are you three points off tenth, or are you six points off the relegation zone? Like nothing was ever decided in October. We're not doing too badly. We've got ten points. It's six more than was last season. I don't want to sound all happy clappy here because I'm not particularly pleased in the way we obviously imploded last week. I felt that we've probably dropped at least four points at home realistically if you look at Burnley and Luton mm-hmm. and realistically even the Brentford game I know we came back from a goal down with a man down as well but that's, that's a stupid position for us to get ourselves into and we could have won that game especially with 11 so you know I mean, 
but equally, we're in a much we're much harder to break down than we were last season. Yes, we've got attacking issues, but equally, we've got half the attacking lineup out, so there's not much you can do about that. It's just a case of grinning and bearing it, really, um, for the sort of time. I still think Cooper's the right man. I think that given time, again, we, we all said this, everyone said this, fans included, not just on this podcast, we all said it's going to take time to turn from a team who has routinely 40% possession and hits on the counter-attack to a team that starts buying better players and starts having more of the ball and starts being able to dictate games better. That doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take years. It took Brighton four years to get to that point. So, you know, it's not something that like somebody's going to rock up with magic wand and go, right, that's it. We're now going to be title challengers. It doesn't work like that. And so for me, yeah, Cooper's, unless we get to a point where, you know, we're near Christmas and we're in genuine contention in the bottom three, at that point, I don't think his job should be even spoken about personally. Mm. Yeah, Um, just before we move on, Adam, my point was going to be that this is all stemmed from last week's capitulation, because if we'd have held on and won that game, we'd now be sat in 12th and we'd be eight points above the relegation zone. And everyone would have said yesterday would have kind of, yeah, would have been disappointed to lose at Liverpool. But it's all stemmed from last week. If we'd have won last week, there wouldn't have been half these issues. And that's where we've kind of got a claw, a win from now, haven't we? Where next week, you kind of look at and think, well, maybe a point at best. We've got to maybe look at upsetting the apple cart, really, and trying to get three points at home from somewhere. Yeah, well, we're playing high-flying Villa. Um, They're doing tremendously well. Um, We've got just, (laughs) I mean, at the bloody hell we stop them, I don't know, because for me, Unai Emery is probably the best manager outside of Klopp and, and Guardiola in my eyes I, I I think he's better than Arteta to be honest um at the moment he's won way 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 more with a far less team than the what what Arteta's got at Arsenal so that's my personal opinion but Christian how how, how do we how do you see this game going um obviously I know we might be doing a hopefully a, a, a fan preview again together um but what, what do you see what's your initial thoughts for it firstly I'm loving the affection for Uncle Unai because uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm still feeling that he lost to Steven in the FA Cup last year and knocked me out of a last man stand there. Oh, he's still from my Arsenal fan. Mate, they heard you say that, Adam. They've been raging. <laughs> like, I, I do agree with you, though. I mean, like, you know... Um, the, stats, the, um, the stats prove it. He's no, won about a million Europa was, um, Someone said on TalkSport the other day, over day, it's any team with Villa in its name. He seems to be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, isn't... Because... Um, I think he's it's, since he's come in, Villa are either third, second, yeah, or third in the league. Third, yeah. Flying, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, flying. and Ollie Watkins has turned into like Michael Owen. So you know, the goals they've scored at home is remarkable. Like, but no, one one of the favourite things I say at my Arsenal fans is mates is like, oh, the only trophy Arteta's won was with um, Unai squad anyway, and they get very annoyed <laughs> by that one. But um, going to the game itself, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very, very difficult. I mean, I. Uh, I actually felt that when we went to Villa last season, up until he who shall not be named decided to have Villa on his coupon and cost us the game, we were actually pretty much nullifying them very well. We were making it very difficult for them. They had next to nothing going forward Villa that day. We completely stifled them. And then, um, you know, we we looked relatively okay-ish going down the right-hand sides. With, I think Williams and Johnson that day, who played fairly well in the first half, looked like they might get, get us something or get us on the pitch at least. And then obviously, you know, we made a mistake and imploded. But I don't think, uh, well, we might actually because we've got no striker. 
how we set up is going to be dependent on who's fit. I think if Taiwo is fit, then he can. We'll, we will likely go forward at the back. It'll probably be a bit more adventurous. We might try and get at him a bit more. If he's not fit, then depends what we play. Is it going to be a false nine? Is it going to be five at the back and it's just Alanga and um, gives White up front, pick up the pieces? It's yeah, it's hard to tell because we don't know who's going to be fully fit. But from Villa, I expect they'll be full of confidence. They they are having a great time at the minute. I they're, they're my favourites to win the Conference League. I think that'll be their first major trophy since like the nineties. So you know they're, they're riding high. They're living the dream at the minute. And again, though, there's there'll be some Forest fans who will say, "Oh, you know, look at Villa and how they're doing now after they sacked Dean Smith, who took them up the league and kept them up, etc., etc." But they all seem to overlook the Stephen Gerrard spell and like how <laughs> terrible that was. And like, you know, it made it made me laugh hearing Gary Neville say that, "Oh, none of these other managers come into like a good environment." And look at look at the the mess Emery inherited last season with Villa, like near, near or in the bottom three. I think it was like two wins in like ten or eleven, something like that. They were losing every week, and you know he's done an absolutely incredible job there. Um, I, I think he would have been a serious contender for manager of the year last season. I think taking Villa into Europe from that position, but like you said, we are at home and we have every chance of winning. And I'm gonna sit predict us that we do. I'm going to say that we're going to win 2-1. No idea how where those guys are going to come from, but we're going to win 2-1. Calling it. Like, like, 93rd minute again. But... <laughs> yeah, well, Reese. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of expecting a good um, game on Saturday. And the, these are probably the first team... Saturday? That's... You mean Sunday, pal? Sunday, sorry. I'll, I'll be turning up Saturday, mate. No one will be there. Oh, Lights will be can, off. We can all live in hope, can't we? Yeah, you might, you might get a game up front the way this comes up. Yeah, well, I think um, I've, I think Paul Torres would have an easy afternoon with me personally. Um, yeah, like as I was going to say, I can see because he's the kind of the first team really you'd say who come into the City Ground this season with some real quality. Um, that's no disrespect. Well, it is disrespectful to the others, but <laughs> it's fact. It's factual. Um, so I am interested how the game's kind of going to go. It might be a bit end to end because, like Christian just said, Villa are on a crest of a wave. They're probably going to come to us and think we can beat these and take three points back to the West Midlands. So it'll be interesting, and they've got. You know, John McGinn and Douglas Luiz like to battle, don't in that midfield. So it'd be in that midfield battle be really interesting. So I'm really curious to how we line up and how it kind of goes. I'm just looking at Villa's away form now, and they have had a couple of heavy defeats to be fair away. I mean, <laughs> it is the Newcastle and Liverpool, but they've then gone on to beat Burnley and as we did Chelsea. Um, and then they've they've lost to Leggy of Warsaw and beat Altmar in the conference league, but the other one as well, which is probably closer to home, really, for us, is they drew away at Wolves, which is a 1-1. Uh, I know that's kind of a bit of a derby isn't it, for them. So, again, there's that element into it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm looking forward to it because we've, we've all said as well, haven't we, that we want to test ourselves against better sides, especially at home, definitely, when we've got the crowd and that behind us. And um, I'm, fingers crossed we can pull out a result. I'm not going to be as um, optimistic as Christian as much as I'd like to be, but I think it, I do personally think it'll be a draw, and I'm going to go for a two-two draw. That's I'm fair sure. enough. Well, uh, Lee has got into he's put head uh, two-nil last heart one-nil win Sangari goal <laughs> and shushes everyone, <laughs> which would be hilarious. Like shush, shush, no, our no, end. not without finish against Luton. <laughs> shush. 
Shush Aaron Corral, that'd be brilliant. Um, I, I'm i kind of going to sit on the fence and I think we'll probably get a draw, um, a hard-fought draw because of, of the personnel. I'd love us to, to nick a win somehow, but I just think Villa... I think Villa are more likely to win. They'll probably be the favourites, which actually might suit us yeah, in, in a sense. Yeah, they'll be like maybe they'll be a bit more overexposed in in certain areas because they they think they can just do what they want. So, but I think stopping like the likes of Diaby, Louise, and, and and Watkins is going to be so key in this game. It's but yeah, they 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 fr- they frighten me to be honest. Villa, they're they're such a Luton stop Watkins. To be fair. Yeah, I know. Shame because he was my captain in FBL, but never mind. Oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, uh, as we said, if, we, if you've enjoyed this one, um, then then in, I can't even get my words out. If you've enjoyed it, obviously, uh, hit the like, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. We're doing quite well there now. I've, I've, I finally begged for some likes and some for some followers. Um, and as ever, we'll see you in the next one, hopefully for a preview. If not, for, for the review of the Villa game next next week. Uh, take care. Come on, your Reds. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.